uh, try as I might, we're going to look at lessons uh, eight and nine, see if we can get through it. Uh, lesson eight, of course, is about Isaac, and lesson nine we'll pick up uh, with the story of uh, Jacob, and it won't take long to find out uh, there's some serious family dysfunction going on in the family. Sister Sank just nodded in approval, um, but to God be the glory as he worked through that family, and uh, here we are today, but um, thank God for all that he's done. Now, we did touch a bit on Isaac last week. Of course, he was a promised child, and we left off with uh, Abraham having um, the asking of him to sacrifice that child. And we left off with, stop and you think about it, has God asked you to give us something that you would say is very important and precious to you? Well, quite honestly, it just shows our relationship with God. Because if you read the scriptures, there was no hesitancy on Abraham's part. Matter of fact, he was full of faith by saying, servants, y'all stay here. Me and the boy are going to go up and worship, and we're coming back. Wow. Wow. And Isaac's part in all of this, we find him, uh, Brother Gross, no struggling on his part. Uh, if he is to be sacrificed, there was no fight on his part. Um, he seemed to be in tune with it. And our lesson uh, makes this akin to what we read in Isaiah 53 and 7 in talking about Jesus. Uh, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he, talking about Jesus, opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. Of course, dumb means meek and mild. Not, nothing education-wise there, but just the demeanor of our Savior. So he opened not his mouth. And again, that's akin to um, how it was with Isaac. Um, but it also showed not only Abraham's obedience to wanting to please God, but it also showed, again, the submission of Isaac to what was required of him. And no doubt we saw uh, Abraham's love for God. But also we see God's love for those in that time frame and us today. Which makes me ask the question, is God hard to love? Here's a God who, whatever it would take to reach us, did it. Here is God who clothed himself in flesh, lived like we lived. The Bible says, tempted in all points like as we were, but yet without sin. Meaning that it's one thing to have a God, be it big G or small g, and that God cannot relate to you. But our God, in the form of Jesus Christ, could. And knew what we were going through. And further, with the many titles that Jesus had, he's also called our high priest. And it says that he can feel the infirmities of our flesh and what we go through. He's not what? Probably not a good word to use right now, but he wasn't distant from us. He didn't social distance from us and all. But he knew us, and the Bible says was acquainted with all of our ways. And I submit to you, I think it's very easy to love a God like this. Well, and moving on, he was the love of the father, talking about Abraham, who wanted his son Isaac to be married. And all in Genesis 27, this is covered. Abraham sends out a servant to go look for a wife for Isaac. And 
comes across Rebecca, and here's how it was done back in that day. Here's that servant uh, in their in their house, and he's bestowing gifts upon not just Rebecca, but all of them. The Bible says, all that's in the household, he's bestowing gifts upon them, trying to win their favor. Can I say it this way? Wooing them, drawing them, all the above. And he is likened to, he being that servant, is likened to, well, he's also called the messenger of Abraham, but, but he's likened to present day today what the Holy Ghost does for us. For those who don't know him, you better believe he's wooing. You better believe he's drawing and he's trying to get someone's attention. And he gives and bestows stuff to win us over. The best gift he can give us is what? His spirit, God, his spirit, the Holy Ghost. I repent. I do my part. I repent, get baptized. Jesus saying, what do I get? I get the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this gift gives me access into him. The Bible says in Ephesians, uh, at times I was afar off, but I made nigh by the blood of Jesus. First, uh, Peter talks about we who were once not a people, but we're a people now. If I've been baptized into Jesus, have his spirit, man, I belong to him. Now, I have access to him. I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered, brother, gross into the heart of man. The what? The things that God has prepared for us. But how is that revealed by his spirit? Let me get his spirit. Let me get God's spirit and watch what he'll do. And I think it's, I think it's interesting, uh, as we, we covered it before, as we look at the tabernacle. And I, I think it's just, it's just, I can't, words for me sometimes aren't there for when Jesus died and what kept me from God. As in a veil, this thing was rent. It was torn in two, and it gives me access to God. Now, that's one thing to, Sister saying, I need prayer. Go pray to God for me. That's one thing. But look what has happened, Brother Prasad, that now, on my own accord, I get to access God. I get to pray on my own behalf. And the Bible talks, well, I'll go back to our friends again. Uh, the prodigal son, yes, he blew it. We put all our emphasis on him. But the one who's having a, a pity party and sucking his thumb is the elder brother who makes the quote, Father, I've been with you X amount of years, haven't gone out and blown it like this guy. And he comes back and you give him a party. To which the father says, forever, all that I have is yours. Meaning, if you just ask for it, what good does it do? (laughs) Oh, Lord. What good does it do if the father wants to bestow something upon us? And one, either I don't want it or, hear me, I'm ignorant to it. Meaning, I don't know who I am. Let me tell you this story, and uh, the Maslanis, forgive me for this. I told this a couple of years ago, but hear me. This was um, this dean. He was uh, uh, the dean of this prestigious college, 
And he came out to his secretary and he said, look, I'm going to be behind closed doors. Don't want to see anybody. I'm going to be doing paperwork. Don't want to be disturbed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got it. He leaves. And shortly after, here comes this young man who says or asks he wants to see the dean. She said, well, sir, you have an appointment? And just by looking at him, because that school had some standards, and judging by his long hair, he didn't meet that standard. And judging by his disheveled look and all, he didn't meet that standard either. They had a clothing standard. And his blue jeans, denim jeans, Brother Gross, said to, ah, uh, you don't belong in here. And so before she can tell him, uh, no, you no, he keeps on walking and walks towards the door. And Sister Philippac, he knocks once and doesn't wait. He tries the door handle and he goes in. And this secretary is thinking one or two things is going to happen. He's going to get tossed out on his ear and or I'm going to be fired for letting him in. But she waits and nothing happens. Now, I got this story secondhand. I am told that he went in, saw the dean, because he has some needs. And I am told he took the dean to the cleaners. Whatever he asked for, he got. Question for you all. Any idea who this young man is? Talk to me. Who is this young man? Yell at me. Talk to me. That was his son. That was his son. And look at, hear me, look at the different obstacles in front of him to keep him from his father. This secretary who all but, and this was a meeting years ago, so I know they didn't use this terminology back then, but she all but said, you're a hot mess, you are not going to see the dean. But that did not deter him. And this thing called a door, and me knocking on it, it's just a formality because I know my dad. I don't even need to knock, but you know what? It's just a formality. And he went in, went in, as I said, whatever need he had, the dean met it. I want to ask this in, 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 in the spiritual realm because there are times, old Brown here, Brother Philippeck, I look at times a spiritual hot mess. Haven't dotted all the I's, haven't crossed all the T's have a spiritual disheveled look about me. But still, even with that, and it would be the lie of the devil who would say, you can't go see your father. But I say otherwise. Let me give you scripture. The Bible says, it is the father's good pleasure to give me up to half the kingdom. But it's incumbent upon me to take advantage of that. If that young man would have said, yes, Miss Secretary, you're right. I'll try some other time, but I want to tell you, nothing stopped him from getting to his father. And the word I'm looking for is what? Access. When you know you got access, you're good to go. That's right. That's right. There is no veil that keeps me from my father. It used to, and I, I had to hope that as I pray through Tony to get to God, that Tony was worthy enough to get me going for another year. All that's gone. 24-7, I got access to God. And if I don't take advantage of that, then it's on me. Oh, God, 
baptize us afresh of who we are in you. We were at one time afar off, but now because of the blood of Jesus, I have access to him. We, a couple of years ago, stay on task, Brother Brown, and I'm not. Uh, a couple of years ago, our um, nest empty of our five kids, three are married, and uh, all nearby, so thank God for that. But there's, there's one, one fella in particular. I'm not even going to look to my right. There's one fella in particular, because the Bible said I'm a scripture guy, and I believe in the scripture. And the Bible says, leave and cleave. This fellow left, and he was leaving, but still cleaving to mama. Y'all are catching on. You're catching on. He's happily married. Uh, got a, um, his daughter's going to be two years old, and this two-year-old, what I had left in heart, all but gone. So he's doing well in all. But this fella is aware of relationship and access. And I make fun of him and what have you and all that. But do hear me. I admire the guy. Because he's done stuff that I, I, one, never thought of. And this was years ago, probably about 15 years ago. Um, in our uh, area of the world, we had a power outage. Mom was at work. I was home, and she used to do home interiors. And so this one neighbor, uh, Zach, had nothing, no lights or whatever and all that, no flashlight and all that. And this young fellow of mine took it upon himself, Brother Tony, went and got Mom's votive six-inch height pillar with a wicker that don't go off if there's a draft, that one votive kind of, you get the picture. It wasn't something from Dollar Tree. You got me? And he took a couple of those and took them to the neighbor. And when she comes back, and I want y'all to talk to me, what do you think she did? Talk to me. Not a trick question. Talk to me. I got a nothing right here. Yeah, come on, somebody. Thank you, Brother Tony. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you think she was upset, let me see your hand. Raise your hand. I saw one. I see. I got two over here. Thank you for your honesty. If you think she was good to go, no problem, raise your hand. All y'all got it. All y'all got it. She wasn't upset at all. Now, had I done it, another Bible study, another time. But I remember she went, you did what now? It's hard to be mad at somebody, Zach, when their arm is around you and they're loving on you. With that big grin. Thank you. I've been through this for 30 years. My God, when does it end? Anyway. So, point being, he knows who he is. And there's nothing to get a phone call He's got access to mom. And the questions vary from a food item or he's got whatever kind of pain. Now, he's got a wife, but he's got whatever kind of pain. And non-doctor here, 
still, though, addresses whatever the pain may be, gives them advice and all that, and that's their relationship. He can reach her 24-7. Now, the other four, and I got one standing in the back, often take exception to that. Like, he's a suck-up, or that's just from being the baby. Ah, I beg to differ. Because I lean on, if you other four would try that, be sincere with it, be genuine with it, be the same results. And this fella found this out probably at two months of age. Okay? Stay away from dad, but if y'all want something, mom, go to mom. And again, the word I'm looking for is access. Now, I'm going to try and be spiritual again. Same thing with us and our father. Can I give you scripture? You have not. Why? Because you ask not. Well, the scripture's talking about Brother Brown, the ass or miss. I'm saying ask right. That's right. That's good. If you ask right, if he said, I'll give you up to half the kingdom, what would it look like when I darken the doors of heaven and I look back on this side and see what God was willing to do for me? And I go, I'm good. That's okay, God. Now, this is a stretch, but I got scripture for this. I got scripture. I got scripture. Okay? I am made, Brother Prasad, in the image of God. So I got a feeling that some of my feelings are like God. And I know what it feels like either with kids or now with grandkids who want to come and just take me to the cleaners. You know what it feels like? I'm like, I'm going there with you. Ask away. And in my brain, I have no problems with the parents. What are they going to do to me? They're going to disown me? I'm the patriarch. So, kids, ask away because it's my good pleasure to give to you. You got access to me 24-7. And I get fussed at. Yeah, I do. But I know who I am. Again, I'm the patriarch. And dad, that's, that's too much candy and whatever and all that. Put it on me, extra dental bill, extra dental insurance for this one here. Patriarch. Access. I desire this thing in here. You say boo and you got it. Within reason, okay? But you hear what I'm saying. And woe be unto those kids who would think they can't approach me, Brother Tony, and ask. And just look at me. Because you know what? If I get it right in God, and he grants me the desires of my heart, there are times I would think I don't need to utter a word. I'm telling you, Scripture says, Abba, Father, Abba, in his basis sense, means that. I come in God's presence. I may not have to say a word. Just look at him, and he knows. Here it is. It's my relationship with him, and it starts with relationship. And let me back up and say, this little fellow I keep mentioning, he's not belligerent. He's not spoiled or mean or mean-spirited. Because the same way that he takes, the same way he gives. Case in point being with the candles. So I'm going to stick up for her by saying, because she ain't got no heart left either. If he calls her right now, it's going to be, well, dad's kind of, kind of trying to teach, but it'll be, I'll be right out there. 
I'm off subject, but let me do this real quick. Because the love of a mom and relationship, relationship with, with their kids last November, right around thanks, after Thanksgiving, okay? Her and I got some alone time. We're out in the yard stringing up lights, the, the, the nettings and all that, and she gets a phone call. Because one of these kids, not the youngest, had a cough, runny nose, little something or whatever. Could it be COVID? I don't know. But mom says, Brother Philip Peck, ride or die, I'm gone. Left the netting in the yard, all the lights in the yard, because she's making a trip. Because you know what? Although they're supposed to leave and cleave, they still have access to her. And what do you think I did? I was a driver. We went stopped at this store, and she got this kind of tea, echinacea this and that, and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. And we took it by and dropped it off on the porch. Because a person with access to somebody knows what to do. And this child of mine, 34 years of age-ish around there, knew all they need to do is make one phone call. I challenge us. What are we, and and they say it this way in the corporate world, what are we leaving on the table that God is willing to do for us? We say we got access to him. Again, we have not because we ask not. Wow. Got to go. Praise God. So back to um, Isaac and this bride that's picked for him. Uh, We know the story. He gets married to Rebecca. Um, and then things get kind of interesting. I said before, family dysfunction, buckle up, here we go. They have twins whose names, I say twins look great at you, I'm sorry, brother. (laughs) They have twins whose names are Esau and Jacob, okay? Uh, They're night and day for one another. Esau comes out reddish, hair, red in color. Um, He's a hunter. And then night and day from that, Jacob, the Bible says, just a plain man. I don't know what a plain man looks like, but he's a plain man. And he lived and he dwelt in tents. And Esau, the hunter, well, um, again, the dysfunction begins. A part of his hunting, and I wish Brother Ryan Richards was in here, but he's not. Uh, he would hunt, and the, the venison that he would get, give it to his father, and they had a bond over that, okay? Uh, you know the story. You know it better than me. Here, here is the one day he's out hunting. He, Esau comes back famished. And we do know that Jacob's name, talk back to me, means what? He's a supplanter. He's a deceiver. He's a cheater, okay? He's a schemer. Right? And we, I think we talked about it before I even heard Pastor talk about it and how <laughs> your name is you in the biblical days. I mean, who doesn't want a name like, you know, Tony Lewis, that means Mighty Hunter? He said, he'll take that. But your name is Jacob, and you're you, you called supplanter, deceiver. You're called a cheat. And I'm thinking, I'm looking for, you know, can I get a nickname or something? Or call me by my middle name. 
Okay, but that was hung on him, and we see why. Again, Esau comes back in from hunting. He's famished, and then the scheming begins. There's a, a pottage or some type of stew that Jacob has made. His brother asks for a bite of it, to which Jacob says, sell me your birthright, and the birthright will get you, according to Scripture, a double portion when dad passes away, and also you become the spiritual head of that home when dad passes away. And the question would become, Stephen, how hungry are you to give that up for some stew? Now, I'm a funny guy, but I'm not trying to be funny right now. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm, I would feel better if I'm going to sell my birthright, at least for some kind of spread that you got, but for some kind of stew, you got a salad with that? Any bread to go with it? Who makes that good bread? My wife and I were talking the other day, uh, America, the steakhouse place. That, those yeast, he got me. The yeast rolls, you can, ah, we're waking up over here. You can have a, you can have a meal by yourself. With those things. But for some stew, he sells his birthright. And can, can I interject here? Um, another time, another story of how God got me to truth. It took being baptized three times to get baptized in Jesus' name. Other two times there were titles, what have you. I prayed the sinner's prayer at 12. Got the Holy Ghost at 26. So I'm saying all the 14-year period, God is working on me. I'm hungering. Don't get me wrong. This guy says he has the truth. This guy says he has the truth. But finally, at 26 years of age, got it. Which meant, because from there we went overseas where the only Acts 238 in Belgium, you're looking at us. And so what was God saying? This truth this Holy Ghost that I gave you, what does it mean to you? How badly do you want it? I'm going to give you scripture. I am to buy the truth and sell it not. Come on. Esau, I'm sorry that you were just that famished. But I want to say this for us, us Acts 238 people. What God has given us, let's not be famished for what the world will have to offer. Don't be famished for something that's a quick fix. Because the one I'm talking about shed blood for you and I to have access to this. And guess what? To enjoy it and to enjoy him. Let me give you scripture. In him, it is joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. And no other spiritual food out here can satisfy Wow. So Esau, what are you doing? And he made the deal with them. Make the deal with the schemer. And we covered it last week. Your word's your bond. You can't go back on it. When it's time to reap the birthright, you can't go, uh, I I have my fingers crossed behind my back. Word's your bond. So, as we know, as it continues, you know the story also. And I said family's dysfunction because, you know, Rebecca's leaning towards Jacob. And Esau, 
Um, and Isaac, uh, they're, they're close. Okay? So, <laughs> Isaac is becoming blind. And he calls in his son to say, go get me some of that venison. And when you come back, the blessing I will pray over you is going to be yours. Now, you understand the birthright, you're not going to get that. But also, when that patriarch prays over you, and a part of their prayer was, Brother Philippac, from the dew of the heaven, that's yours. This people here, they're going to serve you. That was going to be the prayer prayed over Esau. So off he goes to get the venison. Mom, somewhere listening to that. And everyone say dysfunction. Because she tells Jacob, dad's about to pronounce the blessing. So let's, here's the word, let's scheme together. Went out, skinned some goats, put that on him. Because Esau was a hairy guy. Jacob was a plain guy. So he comes in and is disguised like Esau. You know the story. And the blessing is pronounced on him. And he barely leaves his his father's presence when Esau comes back. Dad got the venison. Here's what you wanted. And everybody say, oh, dear. Venison, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. You got it. And so here we are. There is no blessing to give. Because Esau is made aware of what has happened. Isaac said, you just left me. Now, granted, he did say, the voice sounds like your brother. But part of the scheming was, we'll take care of that. When he asks to feel you, just go up to him. You'll feel the ghost skin. He'll be good to go. And so when the truth is made known that he was tricked, Isaac, no pun intended, he's, he's having, I was going to say having a cow. That would be utterly ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. I got to stop milking this. I got to stop. I got to stop. So Esau is having a fit. And he voices that he wants to kill his brother. And again, mom hears about it. Again, family dysfunction. It is going on. So she tells him, you need to go. And here's where you can go to my brother, your Uncle Laban. Everyone say family dysfunction, because here we go. So he takes off and he goes. And Uncle Laban, and the Bible quotes what is said, uh, part of their covenant, you work for me for seven years, and my daughter Rachel, you can have her. Okay? We, we, he does his part. God's blessing him. Seven years up. And the Bible does say in Galatians, I will reap what I sow. Because Uncle Laban had another plan, sneaks in Leah, the sister. We'll leave it at that. Okay? Uh, of course, Jacob's not happy when he finds that out, confronts Uncle Laban with that. They make another deal. Can I, yeah, well, they make another deal. Work for me an additional seven years, and I'll give you. Uh, Rachel, all right, deal. But what has happened, I'm going to tell you something, and do understand this. <laughs> I'm going all the way back to at least Abraham and God being faithful to Abraham, meaning that even the schemer, the supplanter, is reaping of the benefits of God's covenant. Still, 
Because Laban says, well, I really don't want you to go. Because as I fess up, I'm being blessed, I know, because of you. And of course, by now, he's married Rachel, but he's going to be moving on. They had their inter- their, their infighting or what have you. You know, my cattle, your cattle. Laban sneaks in some sickly ones and all that, and it's, it's just not good. And, and, and I like this part. Of all people, Laban prays a prayer. Laban's going to pray. Do you want someone equally scheming to pray for you? That would be no. And his prayer is, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent from one another. Doesn't that sound noble? Meaning, it has the hint, Marquita, of I'm just praying, Sister Saint, that while we're apart from each other, God will protect us. Doesn't that sound noble? Excuse my English, he ain't praying that. That's not what he was praying. The prayer was, may the Lord watch between me and thee, because I don't trust you. In that, if I go steal your cattle, may the Lord convict you of it. That's the prayer. May the Lord keep his eye on you because I don't trust you. I'm just as, as deceitful as you. So while we're, while we're away from one another and can't see each other, he's asking God that no bad were to happen with stealing the other person's stuff. Well, Away goes um, Jacob, and he goes through the country of Edom, and he finds out that his brother Esau, brother Tony, is coming his way. And not just he coming his way, but with 400 men with him. I find this very interesting, okay, because automatically fear grips his heart. And and why wouldn't it? Because he has no idea Is Esau still mad? He's got a right to be mad. Look what you did to him. And so, schemer that he is, Jacob, he's going to send two bands of people out to meet Esau. With the thought being, if if Esau's mad, Brother Philippac, they slay this group, X amount and whatever, I see it, let's go this way. Schemer. What a schemer. But if he accepts that group, okay, fine. Esau, we're good to go. I'm reminded of, uh, I think it's First Kings 19 and 1, when it talks about Elijah. <laughs> and First uh, Kings 18 talks about, you know, the, the battle of Mount Carmel. You know, the God answers by fire. That's the one that we're going to serve. I mean, he was, can I say it this way? He was a bad man. Because when the prophets of Baal got their turn, it was all day long to call upon their God. Excuse my English. Ain't nothing happening. And he taunts them. Well, maybe your God's away on vacation. Maybe your God can't hear you. And when it's his chance to pray to his God, to Jehovah, the I am, just that quickly, God answers by fire. Comes down, licks up the sacrifice, licks up the water. What a mighty God we serve. But two verses later, ish, First Kings 19 and 1, a servant came from Jezebel to tell Elijah, great trick you did out there. But I got something for you. And the Bible said it this way, 
When Elijah not heard, when he saw those words, he was fearful. Saw. How do you see words? How do you see words? It's up here. And when this thing gets to going crazy, you think about, she's going to slay me. She's going to kill me. She's going to come this way. She's going to come that way. And I'm all worked up here, and it's nowhere near, perhaps, as it's going to be. Point being with Jacob, he hears, my brother's coming. And you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. But he sends the, the, the two groups separate. He sends them over. And the Bible says this. He was what? Left. He was left alone. And if I can say it this way, if ever there was a time to pray, here it is. And you know the story, Genesis 32. It starts off with the angel of God wrestling with him. It would appear to be that the angel did his part and wanted to leave. But Jacob is not giving up. Who said what? I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And they wrestle to the breaking of dawn. And that brook that was nearby that they went over is called Jabbok, which means, as only God could, naming things that are pertinent to them, is an emptying out. Can you imagine what that looks like? Because up until now, Jacob, you're deceiving everybody. You're cheating everybody. But now in your life, in perhaps less than 24 hours, you're going to be dead. And maybe for him it was, I heard of this God through my forefathers. And you know what? There is nobody to intercede for me. So I need to pray. And thus with that prayer was that emptying out, giving everything to God, leaving nothing to chance. And you know the story. With that, he got a name change. He's now called Israel. Because he found power with God and he's a prince of God. Let me interject this real quick. I'm trying. Let me interject this real quick. When we hear, uh, and even later times, those who came after uh, Esau and Jacob, and the forefathers are mentioned, it is said how? The God of my father Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Doesn't say Israel, does it? It says Jacob. Now, stay with me. We know when we say Rahab, what follows? Rahab, the Rahab the harlot. What a title. That's how she's known. And it says in, uh, of all places, and we call it the, the Hall of Fame. If anybody's anybody, they're in, they're in Hebrews 11. She's there. Rahab is there. And she's called Rahab the harlot. All right, stay with me. Now, Rahab came through the bloodline of Jesus. So, God, what are you saying? Wouldn't it be better to say Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? Leave the, the, the supplanter out of it. Why not just call her Rahab? And why is she in your heritage, your lineage? Can I, can I, can I say this? And it's somewhere around Romans 4.17. Our God calls those things that be not as though they were. Can I say it this way? Perhaps God has no problems identifying with who we used to be. I got scripture for it. 
that laundry list, either first or second Corinthians, and, and, and end it with, and such were some of you. God has no problem identifying with what I used to be. Now, now, indulge me for a second here, because can you imagine someone going back to their high school reunion? <laughs> and 18 years ago, 20 years ago, this guy was a class clown. You know, he was the one most likely to deceive, not succeed, okay? Cl- uh, uh, class cutter, detention guy, and all that, okay? That may have been what he was known by. So here he comes 20 years later. And I see him, and I go, hey, class cutter. Hey, deceiver. Hey, detention person. But what would happen if the response were to be, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child of the king. His royal blood flows through my vein. I, who was once wretched and blind, Now I can see, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the king. And here's where I'm going with that. This one wise person said this, Medea. It's not what folk call you, it's what you answer to. Jacob, can you hear him? I'm not a deceiver. That's not my name. Can you hear Rahab? I'm associated with Jesus. I'm not a harlot. I am in, if she could say it, in Hebrews 11. Can you hear me? Thank God for the God baptized us afresh with us identifying who we are in you. In this life, I'm not here to just survive. But when I know who I am and whose I am, Oh, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So Jacob, going through what you're going through, and God changing not only you, but changing your name. And what he once feared, could you read the scriptures? When he and Esau met, what he saw as far as in his mind's eye, it was different. Esau fell on his neck. He kissed him. They embraced. They wept together. Somewhere in there, was it just Jacob's prayer alone? I don't know. But God working in the heart of Esau, letting him know, don't kill him. Somehow finding room in here to give him a spirit of forgiveness. And the two, the Bible said, they they embraced. Excuse me. They embraced. Point being, when God's involved, and I told you from the outset, week one, when we get in a relationship with God, it takes away the religious part of it. Because, and I'm trying to stop, because I can serve God with religious do's and don'ts. I can serve him with What do I get to do? What don't I get to do? If, again, this young fellow that I'm talking about, from a religious standpoint, approached mom with, hello, mother, and prayed in the King James, may I thee thus this day 
Beholdeth all that you might have for me. It is of you that I want to partake, and you bestow upon me this cupcake that I am so wanting, if very much if. The boy just takes the cupcake and tells her later. Forget the religious part of it. Know who we are. <laughs> know who we are. And if I do understand me, in, in Matthew 6, that prayer is a model prayer teaching me how to come to God. But you know what? If I wake up often as I do sometimes in the morning for my prayer, hallowed be his name, yes, he's holy. But you know what? I need to get to that end part where I know I trespassed. And woe unto me if I go, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. Knowing full well I need forgiveness. What happens if I circumvent <gasps> that prayer, sister saint, and go straight to asking for forgiveness? How dare you? It's relationship. It's relationship. And if I go through, I got one hour and hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Huh? Or if I continue to just call on his name, just call on his name, you know what? He's going to interrupt me and say, did you want something? Zach, if Melody looked at you and go, dad, 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 oh, beautiful and gracious, lovingly, handsomest dad, no dad like you in all the world, dad, who bestoweth good stuff upon us, dad. No, good, full well, she wants a lollipop, but you got to butter him up. Oh, thou with the great sneakers, dad, who looks very handsome with your haircut, that kind of dad, who is my dad and all. He's going to cut her off and go, did you want something? Tell me what you want. And you know what? One hug says, you're handsome. I love you. You're the greatest. Without even saying words. There are times with my heavenly father, Sister Sank, excuse me, I just need to just shut up and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. My demeanor will speak for itself. You got scripture for that? I sure do. When that prodigal boy came back, with his, with his rehearsed speech all lined up. The father, the Bible says, saw him afar off and went and ran and got him. Why didn't he go get him before? Because this fellow wasn't repentant. Couldn't spell repentance. But when he saw him afar off and looked at, ah, that's my boy. He's got the message. He's not the same. He's been changed. Let me go get him. That's without words. Without words. And older, elder brother who doesn't miss a day of taking out the trash. He cuts the grass when the grass don't need to be cut. Waters all the flowers. Just, just, he just waters all the flowers, plants this and plants that. I mean, he's to the point he's a blooming idiot. Blooming idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But he's missing the point of it's with religious duties I'm doing this I have no relationship with my father now the guy in, in, in the pig pen, the pig slop you read it Luke 15 you read what he said when he got done with all that the Bible said this he what he came to himself let me help you out he said wait a minute I'm eating this slop and the servants have it better 
in my father's house. Did you notice what he said? In my father's house. He still identifies, that's my father. That's my dad. And he's got this speech lined up. I'm going to go back to him. I'm going to tell him I'm not worthy to be your son. You're not going to, no. Dad's not ready to disown you. He's not going to disown you. I'll leave you with this again. Scripture, it's the Father's good pleasure to give us what? Half the kingdom. Scripture says, whosoever will, let him come. Woe be unto me if I belong to him and live beneath what he's trying to do for me because I'm so much into religion. Praise God. Praise God. Pray with me. Blessed be your name, Father. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. We trust you, Lord, and all the more want to know you more, want to know you deeper, God. In Jesus' name, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to further a relationship with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. And before I get out of the way, any questions? Anybody from the lesson? We're good.